1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. One of the big questions is, what is
2: money?
0: For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you
1: believe in crypto?
2: Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the
0: highly speculative asset. Uh, I do on Bitcoin.
2: There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go to for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with our early episodes where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. In this week's episode, we stay close to home and unpack the Binance Australian news around fiat deposits. We discuss the new word from Hard Wallet Ledger that everyone is talking about this week, and there was a smattering of regulation talk as well as all the other crypto news bites to keep you informed. My name's Tracy, and this week, Blake is off on a well-earned holiday, so it's Craig and I holding the fort. Hey, Craig. How are you going?
1: Good. What's going on? What's news?
2: Lots of news, mate. Always lots of news to get through, but me and you. But before we get going, happy Bitcoin Pizza Day for yesterday.
1: Yeah, so 13 years ago, a guy paid (laughs) 10,000 Bitcoins for two pizzas.
2: So what would it have been worth today? What are we saying? 200
1: 260 mil. mil. There you go. But he wouldn't have mm. held that far anyway. He probably would have got rugged in mountain Gox anyway. So
2: No, there you go. But 13 years ago yesterday, so happy Bitcoin Pizza Day. What else has been happening? Lots lots of news.
1: Yes, plenty of news, even locally, which will kick things off. But Yeah,
2: let's do that. Let's kick off locally.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
2: Okay, late last week we got some news here in Oz that Binance Australia had suspended Australian dollar on-ramp services citing issues with a third party. Binance was saying that Australian dollar deposits and withdrawals have been impacted due to a decision made by our third party provider, Craig.
1: So Australian deposits by bank transfers, which would be the pay ID part of Binance, are no longer available, but you can still use a debit or credit card and trade as per usual on the site. But it did cause a bit of panic in the local local exchange Mm. market. But Mm. It'd be good to know, Tracy, because obviously, you know, with bamboo and stuff, What happened and why aren't any other Australian providers getting affected?
2: Look, unfortunately, Binance is a big player in this space. And we know that there have been a few things that have gone on recently in this Australian market. We saw that their AFSL license for derivatives was cancelled some weeks ago. So we can um, potentially look there for some guidance as to why this has happened. But look, like you said, it did send a few shock waves around the place and I think there are a lot of uh, AUD being taken out of the exchange but people can still trade as you said it's not you know it's not panic stations but people do seem to panic when anything happens with an exchange, especially something as big as binance and there is so much fud flying around when it comes to binance.
1: Yeah, and as we know the crypto scam realm is so large and Westpac, mm. which is a totally unrelated issue to this, Happened on the same day though, didn't it? Yeah, Yeah. they banned their customers from transacting with Binance and they were quoting that the latest Westpac data shows investment scams account for approximately half of all scam losses and a third of all scam payments are transferred directly to a crypto exchange. So if you're running scams, people do like to take it in crypto because then it's not traceable and all that sort of stuff. So, And
2: I think the problem there that you just mentioned is they're taking that money offshore. So as far as I'm aware, all of our Australian exchanges are safe um, in this scenario that we're talking about. That, that one with Westpac that you just mentioned was due to the fact that the scammers were taking money offshore by Binance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the Australian exchanges were all fine um, in that instance.
1: But yeah, there's so many local Aussie exchanges you can use um, that are obviously talking to these regulators every week Mm. um, and, you know, quite reputable. So it isn't the worst thing in the world, but it did cause, panic stations across the market for about a day. but yeah. yeah, and
2: Binance have come out and said, look, they're working towards finding an alternative provider to continue offering um, Australian dollar deposits, uh, and we'll see we'll see where that goes. But like Craig said, there's other Aussie exchanges out there, and hey, let's promote Bamboo as a simple and safe and very easy way to get your funds into the two blue chips, Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are the only two cryptos that we do offer, alongside of gold and silver, if you like your commodities as well. So... Again, sent some shockwaves, but a bit of fud really when it all comes down to it. Yeah. All right, moving on. If you have a meaningful amount of crypto, then it's the done and safe practice to keep this on a hard wallet and the best known by far are Ledger and Trezor. Last week, Ledger was under fire in a big way. So, Craig, tell us about the story and maybe your Ledger story as well. Why did they come into a bit of um, hot water in this last week?
1: I feel sorry for Ledger's PR agency. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Ledger, so this is unrelated to this exact story, but in 2020 Ledger actually had a data hack where all of the people who purchased the Ledger got leaked pretty much what you need to buy a Ledger, which would be your name, address, email. So, for a crypto company that's spooking, you know, security like Ledger, which is a hardware security wallet, not ideal, but the latest saga is all to do with their seed phrase recovery service. So, they've now had a new update from Ledger, which was going to let users link their seed phrase to their passport or identity card. In a nutshell, it's an ID-based key recovery service that backs up users' seed phrases. So, to use this service, you would need to either provide a passport or a driver's license or an identity card to confirm your identity. Now, they had three encrypted fragments that they're going to send your seed phrase to, which would be Ledger, Concover... And a third-party provider. So some users are worried that they now have to rely on the security of these three other companies. So this this caused, I think, a lot of people yep. to get their funds yep. off Ledger.
2: Yeah. This was, yeah, Twitter, the crypto space blew up with this because – yeah, people were not happy that all of a sudden they've gone from one trusted advisor to all of a sudden three, and I did see a lot of um, a lot of heavy hitters weigh into this, and it was you know, it was you know one end of the spectrum to the other and what people thought here. What, what do you think, Craig? How do you feel about this?
1: So, firstly, this was actually like a service they were going to provide like willingly to people, right? This is like this mm. is ten bucks a mm-hmm. month. This is like an upsell from Ledger, clearly. The market's yep. not good, and you can yeah, opt in exactly. or out. But I actually yep. love how um, my view on it is. Obviously, if you have a meaningful amount of crypto, it's extremely concerning that um, you know a third party can get access to your private keys. Um, and you know, this is meant to be a whole be your own bank situation. But my favorite take was actually from Vitalik. So he's proposed something in the new Ethereum update, which is called social recovery. Now that allows you to delegate a number of wallets that you trust, these are called guardians that can approve the recovery of your wallet. So this was pretty much, instead of trusting random third parties, you're trusting your friends, your family. And like, this is, I think Mm. makes the most sense because if you want anyone to have access to your crypto, it's someone that, you know, you're either gonna leave your crypto to as a, you know, almost as an inheritance play, you know, you would nominate people that you know who are crypto savvy that could, you know, potentially help sell it for, you know, family members. Um, So I really like that take from Vitalik. What do you think, yeah. Trace?
2: I saw that and I liked uh, Vitalik and his Guardians, the Galaxy yeah. option. Um, But I do think that, look, this hasn't been a good look for Ledger. Potentially they... Could have reworded the press release a little better when it came out and explained things a little better. But damage is done, unfortunately, for the brand. I think there's a few more options coming up underneath Ledger and Trezor. I mean, I've got a Trezor, like I said to you earlier, that is really old and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to stick with that for now. But yeah, we'll see how this one plays out for them. But I still think they are, they are relatively safe.
1: Yeah, and I think the ledger marketing team did such a big job of like bringing the brand back to being trustworthy over the last two, three years, ever since the data hack happened. And now they've just mm. dropped this almost willingly, like as part of a as part of a new product. And it's just sort of it's yeah, the back the backlash is crazy. I'm
2: sure they can bring it back again. I'm sure they will have someone as equally as famous as Logan Paul with a diamond encrusted ledger again and it'll, you know, bring Maybe. them back. Who knows? Okay, folks, moving on to our next story, and it's regulation. Craig hates it when I pop these regulation stories in here, but this one is some good news, folks. We spoke about the MICA regulation story a few weeks ago, and this one is, like I mentioned, some great news. So MICA, or the Markets in Crypto Assets, is being hailed as the world's first comprehensive set of rules that aims to finally bring some regulation to what are mostly unregulated crypto markets. Craig, tell us a bit more.
1: So as Blake alluded to last week, the European Union seems to be the only ones that have their shit together compared to the US. So they actually have got a Digital Operational Resilience Act, which is pretty much legislation which aims at protecting the financial services sector from fraudulent activities. So this will now become law in July 2023, setting the wheels in motion for the rules to take effect in January 2025. So, that's a huge win. But you might be thinking, like, why is it a huge win? So, the US is pretty much not even agreeing on any rules. They're just blaming Coinbase for everything. Um, so, it's for the Euro- the Europeans to actually have an act that they're going to pass and put into the market, I think, brings a lot more confidence and what's happening over in the US, all the uncertainty is not a good thing, Chase.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So this was all stamped off in a meeting last Tuesday, the 17th. So members of the EU's Economic and Financial Affairs Council, or ECOFIN, have finally adopted the MICA, which they've been working on for the last 12 months now, with no objections. So the ECOFIN consists of finance and economic ministers of all 27 EU countries, and it was a unanimous vote. So it's pretty cool to see, like you said, huge win um for Europe way ahead of everybody else. And I, I believe that um Sweden's Minister of Finance had some cool things to say.
1: Yeah, she's pretty much just said that she's pleased um and that the whole purpose of it is to protect Europeans who invested into crypto and prevent the misuse of money laundering and financing for terrorism. So,
2: yeah, that's awesome. And like Craig alluded to, you know the US is bogged down, struggling to try and clarify what a digital asset actually is and i don't think anyone in politics does you know i don't think anyone at that top level does so the european and the mica they've got the right picture they've doubled down on how to regulate you know instead of who is going to regulate in the space um, and it could prove to be a complete game changer so some finally somewhere with some clarity and hopefully the rest of the the world is is looking there but look It's time to take a break. And when we come back, our short, sharp news bites. Hey,
0: it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end
1: brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast. This week, just Trace and Craig. Blake's away It was Blake's birthday yesterday, everybody.
1: Blake's the only one that goes viral on TikTok, too. Oh, you guys
2: loving him on TikTok. What's wrong with you? 20,000 views. Wow, Blake. It must be that amazing dyed blonde hair of his. Let's get into the news, folks. What have we got first? Tether buying Bitcoin. Tether is planning to allocate up to 15% of its net realised operating profits towards purchasing Bitcoin monthly. And as we told you last week, folks, Tether has a little bit of profit right now. Those guys are going great guns. So the move is aimed at strengthening and diversifying its reserve portfolio. That is... Yeah,
1: that's, that's bullish. That is, but they, <laughs> you know, they're going to have to take on Michael Saylor and his <laughs> macro buyers, but yeah. I think if if they're putting that much in, they're gonna catch up real quick. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. All right, what's next? So prosecutors claw back FTX money. Still on the FTX train. So the Department of Justice has directed lawmakers who received political donations from FTX and related party to surrender those funds. Yeah, good, luck. Is, good luck. Good luck with that. They've already spent it. FTX executives infamously donated heavy to both parties um, and there was speculation about whether these funds were going to be returned or not and some politicians yeah some politicians have already spent the cash <laughs> and they've been ordered to find it and pay it back so FTX is getting this whole rap around um, donating to the de- the Democrats I and always then didn't Sam, they? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then Sam came out and said no no I gave I was secretly e- giving I, it to everybody. I gave equal amount to the Republicans just didn't want them to tell anyone oh, so there
2: you go sorry Political and, mastermind. and they all want it back Okay, look, staying with FTX, FTX bankruptcy leadership is suing FBS for allegedly overpaying for a stock clearing platform embedded using fraudulent funds from the insolvent Alameda research. Uh, Separate suits target embedded former CEO and early investors. So, okay, they seem to be going for... Lots of different angles here. Everything's coming out in the wash and we're still probably four months away from actually going to court. Well, who knows? It's hard to Um, keep up with it all. But,
1: but yeah, just another update. He isn't in jail or anything. He's still living with his parents, 250 mil bond, which isn't a bad thing living with your parents. But, um, (laughs) yeah, all this stuff's going to take time. But it's, yeah. Mm. And, actually, the guy that wrote the big short trace, Michael Lewis – He is publishing a book on SBR. Yeah, we we, we
2: did report on that. I wonder if it's really done, but he hasn't got an ending yet because we don't know how it's going to end. So it'll be like a part one. Mm,
1: Part one. Part one.
2: Okay, what's next?
1: So Apple allows the Axie Infinity Crypto game on the App Store. Now, this game holds a special place in my heart because I did have Mm. a few gamers playing for me at the peak of the bull market And Apple have been notoriously anti-NFTs and crypto. So for them to allow that is big news. Yeah. So
2: tell us why were they anti this kind of thing? Was it because of the revenue split?
1: Yeah. So Apple on the App Store, when you make purchases, say you want to buy a meditation app or whatever, Apple take a cut of that because obviously you're using the App Store to acquire, etc. Now, Apple didn't like how NFT apps were, you could transact with them without Apple getting a cut. So pretty much, um, they said we're banning all crypto, we're banning all gaming NFT apps, but it turns out they've come around, and there is a tax on it though. I think it's like a twenty percent tax or something that they charge these games. Yeah, so Axie Infinity, which is a huge gaming app in Southeast Asian countries, in particular, you know, will be on the app store, and that's a massive deal. That is a big win. Adoption, very yeah.
2: big win. There you go. Okay more on Apple. They're actually set to launch their highly anticipated mixed reality headset in the coming weeks. And everyone's saying this is potentially going to revitalize their dwindling metaverse industry. Now, I did have a look at this maybe two or three weeks ago when they first came out and they were stupidly expensive. They did look wicked though. Um so we'll see how that one goes. I don't know if it really will push the industry forward if they're gonna be really expensive and no one, you know, can afford them and everyone's priced out. But we'll we'll see how that one goes, Craig.
1: Next story. Another politician, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. who's, you know, quite controversial, but he's spoken out as an advocate for financial freedom and cryptocurrencies in a keynote address at a Bitcoin twenty twenty three conference. So so far we've had Kennedy, we've had Ron DeSantis, and we've had Ted Cruz as a list of politicians who are across the aisle, which is really promising, who have come out and publicly put their support behind Bitcoin and crypto. So more the merrier.
2: Next up, this week's total value of assets locked on the Cardano DeFi ecosystem has passed $400 ADA. So that's really good news for all of those Cardano fans out there. And I shall just go over here and eat my very small hat. Eat your hat? Eat my hat. I'm always like, if Cardano really does that well, I'm going (laughs) to eat my hat. Now that's cool. I'm not not hating on Cardano at all. Please don't send any emails. But that's really good news for um, the DeFi ecosystem on Cardano. Very big feat. What's up next?
1: All right, we'll finish this up with a story. So the... Peak capitulation event was Three Arrows Capital getting liquidated by Luna. They are now getting all their NFTs auctioned off at a Sotheby's auction. And I do believe they have a few pudgy penguins. So <laughs> um, that'll be interesting to see how, you know, how many people get on there.
2: Mm, yeah. Well, look, Sotheby's. And is this one in real life or is this one the one they've got on the um, Metaverse? It's
1: Metaverse because it's NFTs.
2: It is Metaverse. So they've done it through the Metaverse. That is, yeah, wow. Okay, then. Sotheby's have done really well to kind of um, take over that space. Stay relevant. Interesting. And there you have it, folks. That's another week down of crypto news. Hopefully, you'll be back with us next week as we fill you in. No doubt, there'll be plenty of news again. Please hit us up on podcast at getbamboo.io if you want to get in contact, or you can jump into the Facebook group of Crypto Curious. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button so that you do hear us every week on a Wednesday when the podcast is out. Thanks for joining us. We'll
0: be back next week. Bye for now. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Cryptocurious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equitymates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.